get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. insider for the athletic you can read all of her great work over at the athletic breaking down the cardinals moves over the last few days she joins us now via the 101 espn hotline katie we appreciate the time as always it was great to see you down at the ballpark yesterday how you doing this afternoon I'm doing well, squad. How are you guys? Really nice to see you in the, what was a crazy, crazy day for everybody yesterday. We're doing well, so let's get to it. What did you think of what the Cardinals did? And I, I think what a lot of people are focusing on right now is what the Cardinals failed to do at the trade deadline. Sure. Um, you know, this is going to come across as, as pretty friendly, so I want to preface this with I don't think we should be celebrating selling at the deadline. And I don't think that's what this organization is doing. Let's make that very clear. They should not a team that had the reign MVP, the second runner up and national league MVP, the expected division title, uh, repeat contenders. All of these things should not be selling at the deadline, but here we are. I thought given what John Mazalock set out to do publicly, he said, he wants to build a contending team for 2024 and also bolster the minor league system, especially upper-level pitching depth. He also said he was not going to be able to address all of those needs at the trade deadline. This was just the start. He didn't want to part with players under team control. He only wanted to part with players in their walk years, ideally, unless someone really became available. But that didn't really happen, this trade deadline. So he got rid, traded away five guys out of six, Drew Verhagen being the only one, on expiring contracts and got some pretty substantial minor league pitching depth in return. I think to look at it in a broad sense of terms, it was a good deadline for the Cardinals based on their intention and the position that they were in. So they also have a massive task now in the offseason, Katie, of acquiring three starting pitchers and fixing this bullpen. Do you have belief that John Mozeliak and company can accomplish that? Huge task in the offseason, and I, I hear fan skepticism in this regard. Uh, I think the front office knows they have to rebuild the trust with their fan base. Um, they were losing it progressively over the last few seasons, but because the Cardinals were able to win or at least make somewhat of a playoff push, all was forgiven temporarily, but let's keep in mind the Cardinals have not won a playoff series since, uh, or a playoff game since 2020 and have not won a playoff series since 2019. I, since being on the Cardinals beat, have never covered a postseason win. So that only does so much. And I totally hear the skepticism from fans who say, we expect this front office to go out and have this monster offseason when, A, they don't really want to trade away any of their team control talent. B, they, their track record in free agents' contracts has not been good. And C, they don't spend. 
So I get why fans are like, oh, yeah. This other than that, great. though, Katie. Katie, you're <laughs> yeah, speaking to my that, heart right fine. now. Um, it's totally justified, and things have to change. And if there is a silver lining, and I believe I've said this before, if there's a silver lining to just this awful season, it's that it's become very clear to the front office and ownership that things do indeed need to change. Now, whether or not they actually go out and accomplish these things this winter will say a lot, and I think we'll – will obviously dictate just how well this trade deadline went, right? Because hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I can see fans and why they would not be confident the front office can and ownership, because ownership does play a big role in the free agent spending, can pull this off. Katie, based on your reporting, what is your understanding of how aggressive the Cardinals were over the last couple of weeks in trying to acquire cost-controlled pitching at the deadline? They certainly browsed around, but the asking price was so high, I think, because everyone was aware of the, of the Cardinal situation, how desperately they need starting pitching. That's going to change they in have the offseason, to... for sure. Right, 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 right. exactly. Cardinals never back uh, away with offers are too massive. No, no, I hear you guys. I do. But I think there was an avenue for them to be uh, like conservative buyers, I believe was the term used yesterday. It just never came to fruition. I think the Cardinals feel like they can go over the offseason. There's a lot less stress and a lot less pressure to organize these trades over the offseason because you're not dealing with a looming deadline. And 29 other clubs frantically calling each other, trying to figure out the best deal. I think the Cardinals also need to use the next two months, and we can certainly get into this, what I'm going to be working on for the next couple of days on The Athletic, is over the next two months, they need to see what they have internally. And they also need to build up some trade value for these guys. We've talked a lot about the outfield logjam with Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. Um, I was listening to Keep Law explain selling low with Carlson in the earlier segment. He's completely right. Uh, same with Tyler O'Neill. The Cardinals couldn't trade those guys at the deadline, though Carlson did have some interest, because they want to build up their return or their value. So that's what the next two months are going to be. You need to see what you have in Matthew Libertor if he can finally make those adjustments. You need to see what you have in players like uh, the AAA prospects in Michael McGreevy, Gordon Graceffo, and, of course, Mason Wynn. The next two months are a trial run, not just for 2024, but in terms of what pieces they can move and feel comfortable moving over the offseason because it's clear they're going to have to negotiate both trades and free agency signings if they even want to be close to contending next year. Katie, just one more follow-up on those trades, and then we, I want to talk about kind of that, finding out what they have. What do those trades look like, just hypothetically for the Cardinals? Are, are we talking guys like Gorman, Donovan, Newtbar, if they're wanting to bring in those top-end starters? You're going to need at least one, probably two, because there just isn't a big, as we sit right now, it's hard kind of really to predict who's going to be available uh, via trade at this point. But just going off the, the basics that we know, it's going to take a lot because every team wants starting pitching. Every team wants an ace. There's not an ace on 30 MLB teams. There's an ace in like 10. So you're already dealing with such limited resources that, of course, the value is going to be high. And the teams want cheap, controllable talent. You want a Carlson. You want a Newt Bar. You want a Donovan. There's a reason the Cardinals want these players as well and don't want to give them up, right? So it's this like back-and-forth, sick mind game. The Cardinals have a lot of depth. It's hurt them on the field this year. They can use that depth off the field over the offseason to try to negotiate a trade that will help them next year. The, of course, though, as Cardinals fans know, the biggest concern is you don't want to trade away the wrong guy. And the Cardinals have done that in the past. But if you get the right return... 
even if you, if you trade the, the right wrong return. guy, it could end up working out for you in that regard. Katie, I did want to ask you, you mentioned how you're going to be working on uh, the players that can help this team if they're called up and maybe you find out a little bit about what your future looks like. Mason Wynn certainly fits into that criteria. On the pitching side of things, who do you think are the most likely players that we're going to learn about in the final two months of the season that will help us to apply some sort of expectations for 2024? Well, currently, uh, Cardinal fans are going to get re-familiar with Dakota Hudson. He'll be slotting into the rotation. Yep. Uh, Matthew Libertor as well. This seems like Libby's final shot to show that he can adjust and make these changes that he just hasn't been able to do. But we talked about this before. Because he's no longer facing the pressure of fighting for a rotation spot, they have plenty of rotation spots right now. He can That will maybe help him feel a little bit more relaxed. He's no longer competing against himself that can go out there and just compete against the game. So we'll see that straight. I would imagine both Hudson and Libertor getting the starts going forward for the next couple of weeks. And then when we shift into mid-August, I can see people like Michael McGreevy getting the call up, Gordon Graceffo. And, of course, you want them to be successful. But with the Cardinals, this is such, so unfathomable to say here in St. Louis, they're not playing for contention. We know that, right? When that 5 p.m. trade deadline hit, that was also the ding ending their season, essentially. Now, they're still going to go out there and try to build a competitive club. They owe that to the fans. They have an obligation to do that. But a lot of the games going forward are going to be just trial runs. So you need to see what you have in McGreevy. You need to see what you have in Graceffo. Uh Connor Thomas as well, I would expect. Jake Woodford will probably get some starts just for, um, just for length and to space out the rotation when he's healthy. But really, if you think about it, I was talking about this with a couple of players yesterday. What's the harm? If you need to know what these guys are, can do in 2024 and what the expectations are, why not bring them up now, have them play when the competition level and the pressure level is relatively low, and see what they have? It's better they fail now or learn to adjust now than be thrown into the fire for a team that has publicly said multiple times they're trying to win next year. Hell yeah, Katie. Katie That's follow, what I'm talking follow about. Follow-up question, and I'm going to preface this by saying, you know that you and I are, were, were the Dakota Hudson fan club last <laughs> season, but why do the Cardinals need to get reacclimated with Dakota Hudson? Don't we know who he is? Um, I would think the Cardinals know at this point, but hey, he's in the organization, and this is the time to get everyone a chance. Um I would ex- I would say it's just because I think the Cardinals want a little bit more time with McGreevy and Graceffo. I think it's going to be kind of a rotating rotation, if you will. You're going to see Miles Michaelis and Stephen Matz, and Stephen Matz has looked pretty good as of late. And then those three spots, you're going to have like three weeks where it's Hudson and Libby, and then maybe they filter someone out and give someone else a chance, like you get a McGreevy call-up or you get a Graceffo call-up. It will be a fluctuating rotation. It will be a fluctuating lineup. There will not be a lot of stability minus your uh, infield corners going forward. Katie, they're not going to tell me about how hard it is to manage this 40-man roster, and that's going to be the thing that limits them from making these decisions, right? I'm not going to hear any of that. You can't bring up Mason Wing because of Taylor Motter. Um, I would would sincerely hope that would not be an argument or a reason that I hear because I just don't think that there is – I think – we all know better than that. Okay, good. Just making sure uh, just making sure we're all on the same page and that it's fair for me to be critical if that is a an explanation that we have. Ah, there's BK Absolutely. with that. I there's, think we all will be. There's BK with that tone again, Katie. I, I just wanted – Katie is an insider. She's done the reporting on this. I just wanted to make sure that I, I'm not being unfair because sometimes I am. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. You've done excellent work breaking down uh, the trade deadline, great reporting uh, throughout, and we will talk with you again next week. You got it, guys. Talk to you soon.